for young designers now. And I tell them, when you fully embrace this passion, it will all fall into place. Welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. On the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast, I feature entrepreneurs while I discuss ways you can grow your business today. Step onto the veranda, get a cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's talk shop. Let's do this. Welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. Today, I'm super excited to have Nicole White of Nicole White Design Interiors join us on the veranda. Nicole has been featured on HETV, Better Homes and Gardens, and Wall Street Journal, to just name a few. Her firm has been voted the top 25 interior design firms by the South Florida Luxury Guide, and her blog, Live, Laugh, Decorate, is a great resource of inspiration as it showcases all of her latest design projects, among other things. Welcome to the veranda, Nicole. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. So, you know, before we begin, I just want to know the Nicole 411. Like, where are you from? Where did you grow up? And what were you like as a child? <laughs> well, it's funny that, you know, your podcast is called Veranda because if you grew up in Jamaica, you, you went out, on, out onto the veranda all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that just brought back childhood memories just to hear the word veranda. So, uh, <laughs> I grew up in Jamaica. I left Jamaica when I was 18. So my my entire childhood to teenage years was, you know, was on the island. So I have I still consider Jamaica my home, even though I am an American citizen. Um, my mom is there, brothers, nieces, nephews, the whole both grandmothers are still alive. So wow, I am Jamaica connected. I go several times a year. COVID notwithstanding, my son has been a million times. He loves Jamaica. So uh-huh. I am someone just my entire life was formulated, you know, and, and influenced by that island. And so even though I, I haven't lived there fully in over 20 years, it's still my entire heartbeat is Jamaican. So mm. I on memories of climbing every mango tree. <laughs> um, so it kills me now that my kid will probably never climb a tree in his life. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I grew up, you know, in a time when you you were out in the neighborhood all, every evening hanging out with your friends and yeah. climbing trees. And the summer was just about, what are you going to do today? And we would just lay under the mango trees and plot and how we're going to take over the neighborhood. So, um, uh. <laughs> yeah, as Jamaica came to the States for college, I went to New York, and I thought I was going to be, like, a, a great writer. <laughs> I wanted to be the next big Pulitzer Prize-winning um, journalist. And so I went to journalism school, and that's um, how I started as a career um, in journalism. And then, you know, I moved to Miami. I got recruited by the Miami Herald to move here. But design was always, like, my side thing, like my little secret sauce. And so as journalism sort of got, I got very um, jaded, 
by journalism. It wasn't what I thought it would be. Um, you know, writing 50,000 words was not happening in the newspaper world. Yeah. And so I I started focusing on my site, on my hobby, which was decorating on the weekends. And it was just decorating for me. And then friends started seeing it and said, who did that? And I was like, me. And then it just sort of snowballed from there. And that was many, wow. many years ago. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Um, first of all, the childhood in Jamaica sounds very dreamy because uh, uh, one of the reasons why <laughs> one of the reasons why I named the podcast Veranda was because I remember when I used to visit my grandparents in St. Elizabeth, we used to hang out on the veranda, and I thought it would be um, nice to have a show that's like Veranda podcast where you're meeting people on a symbolic veranda. So that's really nice that you have memories of that too. <laughs> I really do, and I'm so jealous that you're a family from St. Elizabeth because that is <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, oh, really? Um, to be, yeah. I, you know, I have no family in the country. Only I'm a I'm a city girl. Oh, you're from Kingston. Kingston. I'm from Kingston, so when I hear, and I never had anyone to visit in in the country. So when I visited St. Elizabeth with friends, I would ju- I was it was like insane just pure no one's worried about anything there amazing food yeah so yeah love it and i'm jealous yeah carry on (laughs) yeah the country's special very special so uh which part of kingston you're from i'm from st andrew and went to st andrew high school School for girls i rep them very hard okay Um, okay a lot of people don't know like the high schools in jamaica those are our sororities. So I didn't join a sorority in college because my high school is like my sorority. So oh yeah, we are still connected to the same girls that we grew up with as teenagers. We yeah. still celebrate each other. I was in Jamaica two years ago for a um for an event for a design event. I was a teacher as a designer there for Design Week, and it was. So touching to see so many Andrews, St. Andrew High School girls just show up because they knew I was going to be there, you know? Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah, I didn't even know. I just looked in the audience and there they were. So we oh, go very nice. hard. Yeah, as a high school sorority mentality. So we are in touch. If anyone is hurt or in need, we support the school. We give money to the school. We sponsor, you know, students all the time. Um, it's you know, if we lose a, uh, an alumni, we're there. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm very connected to Kingston, St. Andrew, and and yeah. and some high school. Yeah, listeners, St. Andrews is a very good high school. Um, and I, I picked up on that because my cousins went to school in Kingston and St. Elizabeth, and I have some cousins who went to Hampton. And it's like mm-hmm. the way they talk about Hampton, it's like it's a college. Like they still connect with yes. the, their <laughs> friends there. And yes. I like I didn't have that experience in high school here. And like my my other cousin went to Queens. My sister went to um uh, Holy Childhood, but she she got we migrated to the states right when she was about to start. But um yeah, so yeah, I, I see that my uh, my aunt went to Arden. So like I, yeah. I noticed that this is big, and they you guys have reunions, and it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It is literally, <laughs> it is literally the sorority model. Like we are connected for life. We meet up. 
we have reunions, we have yeah. if there's a if there is a and we all we that was an all girls school and we mm-hmm. all got a partnership with an all boys school. So if there is a football match in Florida for the our boys school was J C St. Oh, Andrew you're J- girls oh, okay. are Yeah. So it's okay. very much like when I see my my clients who are in sororities here and they're like, Why aren't you in a sorority? I was like, I didn't need to be <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't even understand the whole American sorority thing. Um, yeah. shout out to all the sorors in the world. But for me, it was just you know, I was so entrenched in the Jamaican high school and what that meant to me and so in my connection we I still help raise funds um for and if they call me and they need something, you know, I donate right away. So that yeah. is sort of I guess it makes us still very much a part of my entire existence. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. I mean, um I always wonder what my life would have been like if we never migrated when I was young and I I think that's just something my husband and I we always talk about, like, what would my life have been like if I stayed in Jamaica? You know, but that's something you always <laughs> yeah. think about. And when I hear you talk like that, I'm like, I wonder what high school I would have gone to but <laughs> <laughs> But that's Listen, another podcast. <laughs> that's another podcast, and I I kid you not, like my best friends to this day are are, and some of my best friends are girls I went to high school with. So oh, that's that's nice. Thirty plus years, exactly. And it's not a boarding school. It's it's not right. No, no, it's okay. Okay, most of the boarding schools are more in the country, right? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice to know that you were climbing. Well, I, I was climbing trees, too, so it wasn't just in Jamaica. I used to climb mango trees with my parents back then. <laughs> so your son can still climb trees here. I um, pray. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, so you were you grew up in Jamaica. You lived in New York, and you, you were a journalist major, journalism major, and then you took your side hustle into this thriving company, Nicole White Design. So, Tell us about what made you decide to go strong into your side hustle and forget the day job. <laughs> um, that's a great question, and it's so funny how I see so many people doing that now. When I I was a journalist doing very well in Miami, but as I said, I had started doing my hobby, and it became like I got I started getting a lot of clients. And so... For me, I never, I never thought it would be my full-time gig. <laughs> um, I was still holding on to journalism, and as I said, journalism just changed. You know, we were there were so many. Every year there was a round of layoffs, and oh, we were man. getting reporters were doing more jobs for less money, and it was just becoming like just churn out the news, and that's not what I went to journalism school for. So right, it became so disheartening that intrinsically I turned inward to my passion. And so it was like the the reality of what journalism was becoming um, fueled in my creativity. Like, well, you're not going to get your creativity anymore as a writer per se, as you dreamed about. So let's tap into this other side. And so it's funny how I just dug into that. Um, and I remember I got so busy <laughs> as a designer like and I was still I had a high profile job as a journalist I had to get front page stories so I was juggling uh-huh. trying to still maintain my 
my presence on the front page and see clients. And it just all came to a head. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do both hustles anymore. Right. Um, and my editor knew. Like I always, I have always had great editors and great bosses. And I tell people that all the time. You have to nurture those leadership relationships, right? Mm, so my yeah. editor knew I had a side hustle that was keeping me busy, but she was okay with it as long as I was still making her look good. <laughs> like I was still yeah. producing. Right. But right. it just came. I couldn't do both anymore, and I remember being so stressed. Like, I needed to – I wanted to try this. And unbeknownst to me – so in 2008, I said, I got to do this. I'm too busy. I can't keep doing both. Um, I'm going to get fired if they ever find out how much design work I'm doing on on the terrible time. Like, I got to go. So I I resigned, and it took – it took them two months to accept the resignation. Like they were just not wow. having it, and negotiations and more money. But I was at that point where I was over it, and so I left. But unbeknownst to me, like right around the corner um, was the recession, and I didn't know. Like no one knew. So I thought right. I was leaving, and I was like so proud of myself. And I remember, like there were some journalists who were like, "Oh, why would you do this? You're gonna fail." And my mom was stressed out, like, how could you leave a steady paycheck? You know, every parent has that fear. Yeah, yeah. How could you leave a check? And I, I kid you not, the night I, re- I, the night I finally packed up my desk and left the Miami Herald, I was so stressed and had so much anxiety that I literally had to pull off the road and I threw up. I was so... Oh, my gosh. ...in such agony of this decision, right, that mm. I was sick to... Like, what have I done? And that's not even knowing the recession was around the corner, right? And then, bam, in a couple months, we're in a recession. And it was like, oh, my God, everyone was right. You left this check, this job with benefits and with, you know, Miami Herald is a well-known newspaper here. Yeah, it is, In the country, and and your mom was right. And I was, like, on my face. There were no more clients. You know, clients were losing jobs. So they couldn't hire me anymore. And I was literally, I had no full-time job and no design client. And I was devastated, humiliated, every every word you can find to describe that feeling. And I didn't know what to do. I was so sad and depressed and, like, what have I done? And I just, you know, it took me a while. It took me a while to just, and I'm like that. I will wallow for a bit, but I won't stay wallowing. I can't. I'm not that personality. Right. So I cried for a bit, and then I was like, well, you got to get a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the thing is, I have a degree, and I always tell people, having any kind of degree will help you. So I was like, well, I'm going to put my tail between my legs and go back to writing. And so I was not going to go back to journalism. I knew that. But the, as a writer, I always tell people, use your skills. So as a writer, I was, I'm going to look for a writing gig that's not a journalist. And I just apply. Like, everyone needs. Anyone who can write these days is an asset, you know? Anyone who can put together properly without emojis and LOLs is an asset. So (laughs) I just applied and I I landed a job at a medical school. They were based in St. Martin, but the office was here. And they needed writers. They they have students, their med students needed help with their essays and their applications to residencies and their alumni magazine. So it was like the perfect job. 
like the salary was half of what I made, which was horrible. Like I was in shock when they offered me. Like, yeah. I can't. What kind of money is that? I remember. Yeah. But I was desperate. I was like, I'll take whatever. It had benefits. And so I went back to a corporate job. And it was humiliating initially and humbling, I should say, yeah. to corporate. And I remember my boss at the time, his boss did not want to hire me because she told him, I don't trust her. She's an entrepreneur in her spirit. <laughs> She's not going to Wow. Yes. And I was like, no way. I'm done. I'm going to settle in. I, you know, I got engaged. I got married. I'm going to have a kid. Like, I'm done with the entrepreneurial life. I, this is a good job. I'm just going to, I get to go to St. Martin every other month. This, how good. Oh, nice. I can't get any better. Oh, yeah. It was like, great, right? Um, And then. Then the the economy recovered, and then clients started calling me again. So <laughs> his boss, his boss was right. So there I was now. I have this baby. I have this great job that has. I have to travel a lot, and then my clients are back. So it was like a crazy storm. And I tried, like I negotiated a four day work schedule. So I said, okay. I just need one day to focus on NWD, one weekday, and that would help the situation. And they gave it to me after many, many weeks of negotiating. So I was down to working four days a week, 10 hours a day. I had my son. I had a marriage. I, it was a lot. And, it, and eventually the clients just kept coming and coming. And I remember one client, we're friends now, I did his, he was a bachelor, and I did his apartment. And he he was down the street from the job. It was perfect. So I would <laughs> run over there to lunch, accept deliveries, come back. Oh my uh, gosh. It was a perfect job, yeah. And then when we were done, he called me, and he says, I'm going to overstep my boundaries with you, but I want to tell you something. Uh, you need to give this up. You, you, I, I watch you running back to this job every time, and it kills me. It is like watching Picasso go work in a male room. And I was, wow. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, what? He said that to me. i never forget it. And I was like, wow. And he said, I will do whatever I got to do to help you with referrals, but you are wasting your talent. You need to focus on design full time, 100%. And I kid you not, we had that conversation in August. And I resigned in September. Oh, my gosh. It was that serious. Because I was burned out. I was running. Yeah. I, you know, I was a son. I remember going to pick up my son, and my son was crying from the daycare. And there was a horrible mother who said to me, oh, he's crying because he never sees you. And I was like, <gasps> first oh of all, my gosh. Like, who are you? It was horrible. Because yes, they they you know they always saw his dad. His dad was doing the drop off, and it's because I was so busy. But that statement like crushed me, and I said, "Oh my God, maybe she's right." You know, but so, she was still out of order to say that. She was out of order, and I did check her trust and believe. Yeah. Uh, I checked her because she was out of line as a mom. Like yeah, you know, like to me, uh, no mother would say that to another mother, right? Right. True or right. false out of line, I was, and I let her know, like, you're so out of line, like, I can't even with you right now. So I resigned from that job in September, and once again, it took two months for them to accept the resignation. That shows you're a good, good employee. It was, 
negotiation, and I stayed on the payroll for a year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I stayed on as a consultant for a year because medical schools are very particular. It's hard to find my – it took years to understand medical schools, right, all the requirements. Right. So they were not happy <laughs> to have to train someone all over again. So I stayed on for a year just helping them with their processes and their writing and their student rapport. But after a while, I was just like, I got to focus on design. And I tell, I mentor young designers now, and I tell them, when you fully embrace this passion, it will all fall into place. And so mm. I left that job, and I kid you not, I got a call the next day for a consultation on a Tuesday morning at 11 a.m., and I said yes. I could not have said yes had I still been working at the school. And I said yes, and and I never looked back. That job was a huge project, huge, huge, huge. And from then, it just, I was available to the universe, and that's important. I tell people all the time, you got to be available to receive what's coming your way. And so yeah. I was available to accept that consultation in the middle of the day for the first yeah. time, and I could meet with the client at any time. Right. And from there, and it was a transformative project for my career and I've never and that was many years ago and I haven't missed a beat since so as scary as it was and it's very scary to pursue something that you didn't and I did not go to school for design remember that I did not right. I have never taken a design course in life ever and so for me it was scary on that front too. Like that's not my background. I didn't go to. I have no technical knowledge. Right. Uh, I have. I worked with a contractor as a partner for years, so I learned a lot on the job. So I know a lot from that experience. Right. But I was trained on the job as a, on, on the renovation side. But I don't do drawings. I've never taken a. I've taken art history as a journalism major, but not as a design student. So my knowledge right. of design has all been self-taught. Like I spent months just going to the library and the bookstores in those early days, reading everything I could, like buying every design book, educate myself. Um, and that's, that was, that's been my journey, and I haven't looked back since. So thank you for sharing that. So what's the timeline? So you're talking about, you know, the year when you gave your notice to the Miami Herald. What mm -hmm. year was that? 2008. 2008. And mm -hmm. now you're here. That's that's an amazing journey. That's a long time. <laughs> well, you and know, I... you think about it, it's not that long. You know, because you know what's so funny is that when I was I was living in Connecticut and I was daydreaming about moving back to South Florida, I used to read your blog all the time. And I remember thinking, like, wow, this lady, like, I love her design. And I followed your career pretty much. Um, I think I started reading your blog. I, I was still living in Connecticut, and I moved here in 2017, but I was reading it probably years before that. And I remember the other day I was in the grocery store, and I was flipping through, I think it was um, HETV magazine, and I saw your feature, and I'm like, I'm buying this. And I said, so I said, this is like lady, Nicole. And, but you know, it's just like you have such a good writing style, and you feel like, you know, I feel like I know you just by reading your blog and seeing your design and seeing what you're doing. So you have been inspiration to a lot of people. 
And um, wow. just especially the way you're following, you know, your journey, you're sharing your journey along the way, and you do it with such class. I, it's just so amazing to hear the backstory of it because sometimes people might see you now and be like, oh, well, I'm sure it was seamless. I'm sure it was easy. And you're telling the backstory of that, like you, you went through some things on your way. No, I went through a lot of things. I've, 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 you know, a couple of things. I have, I, I try to be as transparent as I can. Not a thousand percent, but I, right. I have shamed that when I hit that recession, like I had to file bankruptcy. I, I remember having twenty dollars in my bank account. Twenty dollars. Yeah. I couldn't even get to the job interview. My girlfriend, wow. my best friend mail me a check <laughs> here's a hundred dollars to make it to the interview okay so wow. people like don't be fooled like I've, I've worked hard and I've had some humbling moments and right. so whatever success I'm reaping now is definitely on the like I planted some seeds right yeah and yeah. so Designers trying to rush the process. Everyone wants to have 50,000 followers and, and get influencer deals and and have a never-ending list of clients. That was not overnight. This mm-hmm. has been, I have been doing this since 08, since 2010 on my own. 2010 is, yeah. when, so this is my 10th anniversary in, on my own. Um, yeah. 2010, I, I left the medical school and resigned. And I said, okay, I have to do this. Um, I'm gonna do this on my on my own, like you know. And I struggle with what's the name of the company and da da da. Yeah. And I had had many other company names over the years. And my ex husband, one of his best friends, is a she's in the whole tech world. And she said to me, and we're good friends now. And she said, you need to stop creating these stupid names. Like the, you are the brand. Nicole White is the brand. You need to register that name, and that is the firm, Nicole White, because the clients always come to you. Mm. And I was like, I'm not Martha Stewart. Like, what is she talking about? (laughs) Nicole White is no one. Like, you see how destructive a statement that is? Like, at that point, I did not believe in myself and my name. And so I, I always honor her every year on my anniversary because that girl, Stacey Mahoney, said to me, you claim your name is the brand, and it's going to – you need to accept that. It's, you are the person that people want. And right. so I registered the name Nicole White Design and um, and struggled to get a logo. And logos, you know, take some time for all those out who are starting out. Your yeah. logo will not be overnight. Like, I went through many, many revisions of a logo um, to get to where I thought I was happy. And so, yeah, I I claimed that name without being super confident, but it was the best decision. And so, I, again, my advice to all these young designers out there coming up in the game is um, is to 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 walk your own path and don't rush the process. Do not mm. rush the process. You will come into your own when you, you got to put in the work. Number one. Yeah. I see a lot of designers rushing, trying to get press, trying to get followers, trying to get brand deals. But your work is, you're not putting in the work. And I see it in the quality of the work. It's not there. So yeah. 
don't rush the process when you need to spend more time developing your craft and and harnessing your aesthetic. It should be very mm. clear. And that's taken me over ten years. So yeah. I can now speak with a lot of authority. I, I do a lot of brand deals and I need to do some more. I just you know, my schedule is crazy, but that's a huge thing now to be an influencer. People listen to what I say. And so yeah. I have to tap into that now financially for my son's sake and for my own sake. And right. So I that's something I'm, I'm gonna be and I've done a lot of deals but I have not They've come to me. I have never gone after them, and now it's time for me to go after them actively. Because why not? I have proven myself as a trusted authority on design. And right. I have done the work, and I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, yeah. I have, and I have for a long time in this game, over 10 years. So yeah. uh, that's where I am right now. Just yeah. we have been always been blessed and one of our success stories is we do not I I am very known for saying I do not have one night stands with clients, right? I I love that. I had off term relationship. I was never a one night stand type of girl in my dating life. So in my client relationship ninety percent of my clients I they've been with me for many, many years. I have done their entire home I have done their vacation home, their kids' oh, home. Nice. Now, now they're grandkids. So when people oh, say, wow. how are you open? Yeah, because I go to the kids. I go to the graduations. I go to the yeah. weddings. I go to the funerals. They, they know Nicole personally. Yeah, so yeah. Someone calls them and says, I need a designer. You got to call Nicole. Yeah, yeah. Relationship and a lot of designers don't understand that. You will never, ever, ever have a, a slow patch in your career if you understand how to build and nurture relationships. Ever, mm. I have never been love of a pandemic, and 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 I I was joking to my team today like I need we laugh about how many clones I have <laughs> because we have I have never we have not lost clients we've not lost staff like. I had to hire a full-time designer, like, in wow. the middle of a pandemic. And, that's and, amazing. And we're, ass- and we're assessing this week, and we're like, we need to hire another person. It's too much. We have a lot of work. And yeah. so that is because we don't, you know, we own our stuff. If we make mistakes on projects, and trust me, we do a whole podcast on how much money I, I lose on projects. There's a lot of loss in design. Like, we make a right. lot, but we also lose. And something goes wrong because we have to own it. So um, we lose money fixing stuff and making it right. And that's the thing. I don't run away. So a client calls and there's a problem and it's our mistake. I got to fix it. That's it. That's it. That's what yeah. it is. And so clients respect that. And so when somebody calls them and says, need a designer or need somebody who can renovate a kitchen or bathroom, you got to call Nicole. And literally... We've always had a wait list. The wait list is bigger this year. Like, we cannot take on any new projects until, like, January. It's that. Wow. Because I just, we don't, we don't have the capacity, but we have to assess. I have to assess. I thought one full-time person would help, and, and she's suffering because she's, she's working. She's doing overtime, and we're like, what? 
And my bookkeeper is like, why are we, why, what's going on? And, and she, and she's like, literally, there's so much to do. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am not even mad at that. It's just a testimony to the quality of the work, the commitment to the work, and the ownership of the work. Like, we, right. we stand by our design and our process. So, yeah. That's a part of being that says a lot. totally. Yes, there's a lot. So tell me about your first client that you got when you first started doing your design work, and how did you get that first client? Oh, that's a great question. My very first client, uh, like fully paid gig, as not like some little Yeah, fully job. paid. And what, what was that like? Like the first time, like someone's like, I'm going to pay you X amount of money. And, you know, like how did you get that client, and what was that like for you? So I, the first client that really paid, and it's funny because I'm at the stage of my career now where I am redoing my original work. So I am the before, the horrible before. <laughs> <laughs> That's been hilarious. So I remember I have a client, and she was one of my first, and I did her um, so many years ago, and she got married. The kids are all grown now, so we just redid her place two years ago. Okay. But that first project, you know, I laugh now because I was charging like peanuts. I didn't know what to charge. There is yeah. no formula for design fees, right? And no one is it's the most, it's not regulated. So there is no structure as to, um, you know, designers what charge, charge. $20. Right. It's whatever, per state, per experience. So I laugh now because when I look, I remember that job. And I remember charging, I kid you not, I want to say like $3,000 for an entire house. Entire oh, my house. entire house. Wow. <laughs> and I had a partner, so I had to divide that by two. And oh, I my thought gosh. that was such a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am making $1,500 to do this whole house. <laughs> and it's great. And I'm so happy. So I wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't relying on it fully. So to me, it was, it seemed like decent money. I was getting to do a whole house. But yeah, that's the kind of embarrassing money um, <laughs> beginning. And I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. So um, that was the first real paid gig where I got a check for a full project. And the fees were sad in, in today's <laughs> world. And even by, by the standards back then, but I didn't know any better. Um, and she was a great client. Like, we are good friends. Like, she, um, we, as I said, we just redid some, you know, we just redid the kitchen. We hadn't done everything, so we did the kitchen two years ago. Um, but I was laughing because it was my first project that I, had, that I was called back to where I was redoing a lot of what I did. As a as a young designer in the game, wow. so it was it was humbling <laughs> to be the before. <laughs> uh, but it was it was beautiful that the client still loved me enough to call me back ten years later, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, I wasn't even mad. Like you know, we're still connected. Like she still knew I got to call Nicole. So yeah, so yeah, she's always she always has that sweet spot for me because. 
he was literally the first client to write me a check. And at, at the time, I thought it was such a lot of money. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's awesome. So what is what are you most proud of with your design company? I mean, you've, you've, you've shared with me, like, your ups, your downs, and this long journey that you've been on, and now there is a lot more to come. So, But what, at this point, are you most proud of and what you've accomplished with your design company? I think I'm proud of – there are a couple of things. I'm very proud to be able to have a team and to and – to, and to be responsible for payroll and to contribute financially to other people's lives. That's, that's, mm-hmm. I don't take that light. The fact that there are women employed by me who can, you could take care of themselves and raise their families from Nicole White's salary. You know, that's huge. Yeah. You know, yeah. to meet pay every two weeks is not an easy thing. And so I take that with a lot of pride that I can, I've been able to sustain that for years without ever missing a payroll, which is not That's easy. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I remember that being a very scary thing. Hiring is a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have taken a lot of pride in that, that there are people who I can contribute to their livelihood. And that, that's not just my team. But all the trades who have worked with me for many, many years, just yeah. they keep them so busy that their families and and a couple of them consistently reach out to me and say, Nicole, Jesus, wow, I just want to thank you. My family eats, you know, five oh, nice. because your work, you're always busy. You're we're consistently booked with you, and I wow. I don't take that at all right so that's number one to be i'm proud of that that entrepreneurial my push as a businesswoman you know obviously number one is the design work but number two is, is the financial um contribution to family that yeah. that that want that makes me proud like there are people who can feed their families knowing yeah. that they are connected to me and so i don't take that lightly um, so that's I think that's number one and number two, and I could take care of my own family. Um, yeah. You know, to to be on your own and to pay your own mortgage every month, pay your car note, to put money in your IRA, your own one k, your own college fund. That is that is a new paradigm for this generation. Like yeah, yeah. Our parents, other and our families went to a job where their retirement fund was set up by a corporation. I mm-hmm. am the corporation. And so um, I have to make sure there's savings and there's money for Xavier. And that right. my goal in life as a Jamaican, and, and I still support my family in Jamaica, yeah. and my goal and my and my cousin's goal in life, this generation of us in, as Jamaicans, we are determined to, to end that cycle. Like, I am here to build generational wealth for my son. My son should never, ever have to send me money for anything, anything yeah. ever. And that's a huge shift yeah. as a Jamaican culture yeah. because we are our parents' IRAs. That's just the yeah. reality. All my Caribbean yeah. friends, we are the 401k fund for our parents. Yeah. And yeah. my push to end that. So when Xavier is grown, he should never, ever, ever go to Western Union to send his mother money. Ever. 
Yeah. And I'm okay with it right now. I'm 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 a, I've accepted that as a role that I have to do and I'm 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 proud that I can support friends and family on that realm. But but that is a generational problem. And so my charge in this lifetime is that when my son graduates college, he will own so much property for me. He will have so much money as his deposit for his own properties that that's the legacy I'm trying to build. Like yeah. there is no more supporting my mom or my dad. I He's yeah. going to be so set. That and that's huge because all our white con every white counterpart I work with in corporate had that they had a check from a grandmother hmm. or a grandfather as a yeah as a and I I was always baffled like what is that I've never yeah I yeah. didn't know I know you could get money from relatives <laughs> <laughs> I, that I, was a thing yeah. I remember when I was working in New York and it's like people will live in like family apartments that they had for years in Manhattan and, you know, they'll they'll have a starter home and someone would give them like money for a million dollar starter home. I'm like, what? (laughs) Who are these people? That is the reality for black people. And so that is my charge. Like this, the reason why we're this whole Black Lives Matter and and not and this whole discussion this year um, is about the systemic issues and the fact that economically, as Black people, very few of us ever got a check from a relative, from a grandmother, a grandfather saying, "Here's fifty grand for your first house." That is not a thing. That is not no. a normal thing in the Black community. But yeah. I saw that. With white counterparts every day. Yeah, and I remember when I was a reporter and I would talk to every colleague I knew had a house at my age, and I was like, "What? How is that possible?" And they yeah. said, oh, "My grandmother left me an inheritance." I never, the word inheritance is a anomaly. Yeah, I didn't even know what I, I didn't even know what a trust was for many years. I didn't know what a trust, it, right? And so yeah. this whole movement we're on right now, where my son is going to have a trust and an inheritance is a huge shift. It's not yeah. just, you know, changing the way we, and, and how we acknowledge that. So like economically, we are trying to change the future. If you right. can leave college and have a down payment for a property, you're ahead of the game. Yeah. And that's the thing. Our people were never ahead of the game because we didn't have that. I, I kid you not, every colleague of mine when I worked in corporate out of college, they all owned properties, every yeah. single one. And it's because they were handed a check by someone in the family or a house. They inherited a house. And for yeah. my push, for my son and my cousins, they're all pushing for their children, is that that, is the, that should be normal now. Black folk, that is the charge. We're not just working as entrepreneurs for fun. And for to look pretty and say we're doing well, it is for a complete shift economically, financially for our children that yeah. they will not start at the – they will have a level playing field. When they graduate college with their colleagues, their non-black friends, they all can go to the, the, the real estate market and buy a property. Done. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
going to change so much. And can you imagine what the prices of the real estate scoring to be by the time your cho- your son graduates from college and my children to graduate from college? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be insane. <laughs> yeah. But but to bring back the conversation about race, you know, I've I've always watched HETV and a lot of design shows since I was young, like, because my dad had a furniture business for many years in the 80s, and um, so we always had, like, architectural digest around the house, and um, he was published a couple of times locally, and so design was always, like, around my family, but I always get a little disappointed, to be honest with you, that there are so many people of color doing a lot of great design work, and they're not doing great design work for people of color, just great design work, period, like yourself. Um, And when I go on TV, you don't see a good representation of the amount of diversity that's out there with with, uh, design. So what is it like for you as a woman of color, an African, a black Jamaican, who is who is in the design work and a field mm-hmm. that doesn't really look like you? Well, listen, one of the biggest um, angst I see as a design, as a woman of color who designs, and I, as I said to you, Christine, I put in the work, right? I can go toe-to-toe. I can I can install tiles. I can I can run grout. I can cut wow. boards. Like I have done it all. I can paint entire homes. I have done that in my career fully. Wow. And when I see these shows on HGTV with the same formula, you know, Chip and Joanna did great. Love them. But I cannot tell you the shows I see that are so not representative of the world. Um, how many how many farmhouse style shows? Are there going to be? There is a lot of other cities and countries and, and, and states in this country that are not farmhouse. Yep. Um, that are doing full renovation jobs. 80% of my clients are full gut jobs. And I will tell you, I get casting calls. I have done, I kid you not, maybe 20 casting calls over the past 10 years, and I have not landed a show. And I don't, wow. I don't I'm not mad at that because I am very much a believer in what is for you is for you. So if I'm to get a show, I will get a show. I have not been, I don't have an agent. I'm not lobbying aggressively for a show. Could I do a show? Hell yeah, because I, I know what I'm doing. Right. But to see them, to see this 2020, to see the lack of representation on, on, on design shows in America is, a, is laughable. And I literally get casting calls every day. I had a call last week, and they were like, oh, we love you, but do you have, like, a a, a guy who could be, like, your chip? I'm like, stop doing that crap. Like, we don't need a chip. We don't need a reboot of Joanna and Chip. You need to feature shows about people who are doing real work, and your audience will be there, right? Yeah. You cannot that. You cannot get ratings from a hardworking woman who's built a design empire in Florida from the ground up and who knows what she's doing and who has to who has to boss around a lot of men, who has to argue with contractors. This my life is a show. Like legit yeah. 
And so it's like across to Bravo and HGTV. <laughs> and so you don't need, I don't need to make this up. It doesn't even need to be scripted. The things we go through every day, we're always like, my team, we're always like, where's the camera? Because <laughs> they, like, we're literally fighting with guys and arguing and demanding that they finish work on behalf of our clients or we're just doing great design work or whatever. So it exists, but I, I just think that networks are lazy. They're lazy as hell. Um, and so the pop, the, the country suffers from it. Like we see it all the time because most homeowners don't know the reality of home of renovation costs. They don't see it. Yeah. That's um, true. Property brothers, and I've done work with them. Um, they're one of the few people who give real budgets. Like they will say, you can't get that. You know, yeah. But that's not forming those networks, and so it's very annoying to me to see. I I can't even watch these networks. I literally I just throw in the towel. Like it's so sad to me the stupidness, the lack of representation, the lack of reality. Like there is a freaking show on lottery winnings. Like what? Why is there a show? Yeah, on that doesn't lottery, make any sense. Which has been re- and it's and and it's been renewed for many seasons. Why is there yeah. a lottery show? Um, from a talented designer, like I, I just find that the the re what's reality and what's real are two different things, and and that's all I got to say about that. But yeah, I'm not a fan of the lack of diversity and the lack of truth and the lack of just good design work I see on TV. There's a lot of crappy design on TV, hands down, crap. And yeah, that is why designers like myself have good followers because they, they come to us for some truth. Like, what does it really cost? <laughs> yeah. How how do you really get along with a contractor? Do you have to fire a contractor? You're going right. to hear that from me. Sure are. So I don't know. I don't know about these networks. And I'm at the point now where, honestly, if that's what I'm meant to do in the next year or next two years, I'll just, I'll just do my own thing. I'll just set up my own show and and keep it moving. YouTube is there for a reason, you know. That is true. That is true. And I will watch it because you are. <laughs> what I like about your show too is that, well, what I like not your show to be, but I like your design is that it's very colorful, and but I, I love feel that like you said my show, like you put it in the universe. I, I'm, yeah, I'm speaking in the uh, in the atmosphere right now. But what I like about your design and your future show is that um, you are featuring South Florida. And I think that South Florida is not included in a lot of design magazines, which I don't understand. Like, I'll pick up a Southern Living magazine or a Southern Design magazine. They hardly ever talk about South Florida. And and it's just like I love the fact that, you know, you could go on your website and, like, you have so many design ideas. And you're showing what it's like to really live in South Florida. And South Florida is a huge market. And no yeah. one ever really talks about us other than, like, you know, South Beach. But there are people who are living and thriving in South Florida. And you're showing design work in South Florida that's not, like, um, you know, stereotypical design work of, like, just pink and greens. It's, like, a lot of different types of design that you could do in the South Florida market. Exactly. And I thank you for that. Like, we are not cookie cutter, we're not South Beach designers, right? And there's a whole tapestry of immigrants here and and we design we design homes for real people. Like yeah. our clients, hardworking people, we have a 
a diverse portfolio. We have millionaires and we have a million nurses and doctors and lawyers and and people who just work hard and see the value in hiring us. So yeah. the fact you can't see that on TV and that South Florida is such we are the gateway to the Caribbean, Latin America, and you don't see that on TV. You're still harping on farmhouse. It's insulting, and and it's way way overdue. Way yeah. overdue. Yeah. Hey, Target, HGTV, all of you, if you're listening, I mean, please take heed. Um, there's a lot of there's a big audience out there that wants to see more, and exactly. um, I, I I I watch you all, but please, we want more of a representation. So um, now to the lightning rod, um, lightning round, rapid fire questions, just so people can know a little bit about you um, when you're not working. Um, Okay. This is the time when, what's that? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) All right. So this is a question I'm asking you because you've mentioned that you like to climb mango trees and you're, you know, when you're younger. So yes. um, the way you answer this question is going to tell me a lot about you as a person. All right. So what's your favorite mango? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bombay. <laughs> Bombay. Okay, okay. Yes. I like Bombay. I like yes. Bombay. Okay. All right. What is your favorite design aesthetic? Favorite design aesthetic? Yes. Um, Contemporary. Contemporary. Okay. Colorful. And your favorite color is orange. I remember you you talk about that. Yes, yeah. a thousand times. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite movie? Wow. Oh, my God. Um, that's a tough one. It's, it's a toss-up between, like, Wakanda and Top Gun. <laughs> oh, okay, Black Panther and Top Gun. Oh, Top Gun. My brother and loves Top Black- Gun. I don't know why, but yeah, those came to mind. Okay. Um, your favorite dish? Wow. Could it be a mashup? Like yeah, yeah, definitely. You, okay, so stew peas, oxtail, ribeye, mac and cheese, and a and a kale salad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was not <laughs> expecting that, but that worked. <laughs> Well, you know, one thing about stew peas is one of those dishes that you don't really see too much in a Jamaican restaurant. It's something you oh usually eat at home. Oh, my God. And I make, listen, my clients who know me well demand that I make them stew peas and oxtails. Like, oh, man. Yeah. I, I thought become mainstream. Yeah, oxtails, but not my oxtails, honey. Not pretty good. <laughs> oh, what yes. do you like the most about living in South Florida? The weather, and because I'm so close to Jamaica. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. South Florida is a very special place. Very. And I think in a lot of ways it's it's still under the radar. Like, people talk about one part of South Florida, but South Florida is what people think it is at all. Not at all. It's it's a great place. I I remember someone asking me, where would you move to? And I was like, you have to pay me a lot of money to get me back to New York, a lot. Yeah. Um, it's 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 Caribbean. It's 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 city. It's outdoors. It's I could have food from all around the world. Yeah, I could go to in Miami and never hear English. It is it is global. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Never. 
And so, hands down, you know, we have our issues, but um, love this place. Yeah. And for me, I don't think I could go past Palm Beach County. I think I'm definitely a South Florida person. I don't think I could go anywhere north of South Florida. Yeah, me too. Can't do it. No, no, thank you. (laughs) So, um, which designer, living or dead, would you like to spend time on the veranda on a nice, cool afternoon? Wow, that's a great question. Um, Which designer, living or dead? I got to say, when I became a designer of Candice Olsen, like, to me, Candice Olsen's designs were one of the few design shows on TV that was so layered, so real, like, she would put so much in a room and it was sunny and it wasn't overwhelming. She understands design. And so I would love to have a chat one day with Candace about her, that her approach to design and how she successfully um, gets a project done. I mean, that was on TV, but just I thought she was one of the few designers on TV who really, really showcased layered design. I'm very big on layers in design. And she did a yeah. good, she, she did exceptional at that. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah, I like Candace Olsen. Yeah, I remember she was more popular on TV in the 90s. 90s? Yeah, we're dating ourselves, but yeah. I know. Okay, we can't do that. Let's stop doing that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I liked her. Yeah, I used to watch her. Okay. Um, what surprised you the most about your entrepreneurial journey? Um, that I could, that I could, um, that I could, I could really make this a a successful business. I, I think, I thought I was pretty, I, I was very clear and I had a clear vision on where Nicole White Designs could be. And I tell people, you have to articulate it, visualize it and claim and chart what you want to do in business. But Mm. I have been surprised at how how much what I envision has come to pass. And so it's very important mm. to to claim it and to state it. I always saw a blog. I always saw hiring people. I always saw huge press, my own space, um, being able to make my entire income from design. And so that has it has surprised me that I have been able to do that. But it was it was a surprise based on intent. Like I I, I set out to do it. Um, and just just the amount of opportunities that that have come in fallen into my lap that's been a surprise like I will just get random emails to do incredible things <laughs> so yeah, I embrace that I will just you know I'll get an email saying hey i I will say this, I have been amazed at how many people follow you and how many brands follow you, and you don't know, so be mm. very clear who you are I've gotten a lot of deals from people watching me for over a year before they approach me for a certain deal. Wow. Yeah. And that's a testament not to give up either, right? Not to give up. And you may think nothing is what happening, no one's watching, and I don't do what I do for that. So I'm I'm still busy working, making sure I can meet my payroll and, and pay my bills and save money and buy property. Um but I'm always when I meet people on on I go to you know tons of design events 
and big brands will come to me and be like, oh, my God, how is Xavier? Like, that warmed uh-huh. my entire heart. Like, uh-huh. and they, huge brands will approach me and say, oh, my God, we stalk you, we follow you, we love your son um, and everything you stand for. Do you want to work with us? That's, that's huge. And yeah. so you never know who is watching, and, and don't do it for that. Be true to yourself, and when you're true to yourself, um, it will come. We just signed a huge client, huge, 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 and and that was their thing. Like we just loved you. We loved that you were not just about design, but we love that you talk about what it's like to be a working mom, and that you need your coffee and your wine in in <laughs> order. <laughs> and I never did that out of any intent. I just did that because that's what I do, right? Yeah. But, uh, an entire family hired us. Like, Nicole, we don't even know you, but we feel like we know you because we just keep it real. So Yeah. And that espresso machine that you put in your office is, like, to die for. Like, I'm like, I want to be there. <laughs> Listen, I used that. That was a big investment. It was not cheap, but it's paid for itself a million times. You know, oh, yeah. that will go to Starbucks as much as I used to or any coffee shop because, I, you know, I, I, listen, I drink a lot of water, like over 10, 12 cups a day. I love my water, but I also drink, I need my coffee and I need my, (laughs) and I am not ashamed of that ever. Dang. Yeah. Well, you know, Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today. What's next for you and your company and how can we be a part of it? Wow, you know, I see us I am I am working on a design book and that my goal is to get that published by twenty twenty one. I think I have a lot to, and there's no deal. I'm just working on it in my own way. Right. And the the deal will come, it will be published somehow, some way. Um so that's big. I, I wanna get you know, the writer in me wants to see that happen. I I'm happy to merge the creativeness of writing and designing. That's, that's been awesome for me. Um, I want to see, you know, I, I want to continue to be a great mom, a great friend. I've had to lean on my friendships a lot in the past couple of years after my divorce. Um, and so I'm excited for the sisterhood I have in place. Um, women supporting women and just going hard for each other. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I want to fall in love again one day, you know. So um, if that is to be, that will be. So I'm excited for that. In whatever, whenever it happens, I'm not on a journey to, that's not like a number one priority, but I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. Um, because I think that um, I'm a person who loves and cares, and, and why not? Why not? Why not have that be an accomplishment? So yeah, for business, yeah, for business. I mean, you know, if the TV show is to come, let it come. The book has to happen, hands down. And and I'm excited for some huge projects we have lined up and bigger, bigger deals. Like I, you have to pinch me, Christine, to tell me this is my life. You know, I I'm like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I have, you know, we had a huge client meeting today, and I'm like, am I really talking to this client? Like, this is a huge celebrity, right? And so that's my life. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, we have great clients who work 
car and we have random celebrities who are like, hey, Nicole, how are you? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Did you say my name? <laughs> I, I was nothing. So, Nicole, what, what, what's the next step? Okay. <laughs> and okay South Florida has a lot of celebrities. Yes, we do. We do. We do. And so, listen, I'm here. For, I am here, celebrity clients, hardworking clients. I'm here for any client in the free world who respects what we do. That's it. Mm-hmm. Respect, loves it, and trusts us. That's it. If you can't trust me, and we, we had to end a, a project last week because there was no trust. I can't do it. Can't. So that's where we are. Yeah. Well, how can people learn more about you and, you know, how they could probably work with you in the future? Um, so follow me, um, Nicole White Designs Interiors, on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, every social media handle in the world. I manage all my social media accounts. I am, you know, that's the journalist in me. So people are always shocked when they DM and it's me. It is me. Um <laughs> Um, you can follow the blog, Live, Laugh, Decorate, although my blogging has fallen way off. Don't be mad at me. I'm going to try to pick it up um, later this year. Click on the website, nwdinteriors.com, to see how to work with us. You can book a consultation for an hour just for me to see your space, understand what you want, and decide how far we want to go. Um, and just follow along. You know, we have – I love design. I get up at 2 in the morning with an idea wow. for design. And it's it's in my blood, and I, I don't apologize for my love affair with design. Um, but as, as big as my love of design is, I'm a big lover of life and, 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 and supporting my son um, as he's raised as a young black kid in America, um, supporting black women, black businesses, Supporting anyone who is for for honesty and truth and 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 respect and equality. That's my that's my that's what I'm here for. So if you fit that and you you're down with that, then you're in my tribe. If you're not, if you're just a hater who doesn't support business and love and light, then you know don't follow me. That's it. Yeah. And hey guys, if you when you follow when you do follow um, Nicole's Instagram, I mean it's so inspiring and fun, and her son is so adorable, and I just love following you because I, I mean you're so inspirational, and it's such a nice content that you put together. Well, I appreciate it, and it's it's not I don't plan it. <laughs> People are like, do you plan? I no, I just get up. <laughs> Whatever is happening that day, that's what y'all gonna see. That's it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. I really appreciate it. And um, I I am looking forward to all that the future has in store for you. Awesome. Thanks, Christine. Thanks for having me on the veranda. Sure. (laughs) 